0: Welcome into the For the Throne Dynasty Podcast, starring your defending champion, Cascade Bear, Stirk Daddy, Justin STP6, Andy Pollock, Randy Sanarelli. D Slatkey, The Debut of House Deets, Candle Still Lit, Little Slats. WGL 1035, Prince Palmer 17, Lefty 79, and Bucks in 6. Welcome into the For the Throne Dynasty podcast. This week we are highlighting our second champion uh, of the For the Throne League. He dethroned Randy in our second season. It is the father. It is Stirk Daddy. Stirk, how's it going? Hey,
1: hey, hey. (laughs) Doing well. How are you doing?
0: Doing great. Good to have you on. Good.
1: Yeah, really appreciate it. Wanna shout out to my mom if she's listening. (laughs) Couldn't have gotten here without her. Uh also want to say thanks for putting all this together. I can't imagine all the man hours
0: it's taken to do this. So glad to be here and I appreciate it. We might have to take a look at the uh the demographics of our listeners there might be one female <laughs> and it's andy <laughs> we're a very sexist podcast no i'm kidding <laughs> that's okay playing so, like a 1990 <laughs> so we're gonna get right into it um as i may mention too as you all know Sturt daddy is by far one of the better when it comes to record teams in the last two seasons so it's gonna be really interesting to get uh, to kind of walk through Stirk's startup draft. So if we take a look at the startup draft, Stirk, you were drafting out of the seven position um, in our draft. Obviously being a snake. So then coming back, you had the sixth pick, with the exception being if you traded, which it did look like you did in in a couple rounds, and we'll eventually get there. But you did not trade. Your first overall pick, which was the 107, and you selected DeAndre Hopkins. At the time, he was with Houston, correct? That's correct. I mean, it might have been his last year, or was it – I think he might have had two, I, two years there. I don't know.
1: Yeah, I think he had at least one more full season after, after I drafted him.
0: Mm-hmm. And did you kind of have – as you were approaching your pick, do you believe that uh, he was the guy, or did you have some other options you were debating?
1: Honestly, I was really hoping to get one of those running backs that that were taken ahead of me. I think everyone besides Melvin Gordon um, I had on my target list. And basically, DeAndre Hopkins was my next player on my list. And since those running backs were gone, I just decided to go grab who I thought was the top receiver Mm -hmm. at the time.
0: Yeah, and clearly he was the wide receiver one going into this draft. If we take a look at your second pick, then uh, I don't—you must have traded up a pick, which is, I don't know yes, if that. Yes. Fair. So you had your eyes set on someone. You needed to get yourself a running back, and it was David Johnson.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's one of my more embarrassing moments in the league. Um, I definitely bought into uh, the Kingsbury hype, and I thought. DJ was going to have a revelation of a season and just decided I have to go get him and I also did not understand the impact of trading my draft picks since this is my first <laughs> dynasty league so yeah I really I really regret doing that. Yeah, it looks
0: like you traded up. You traded the uh what would that have been the uh the 206 and the 307. Yes, just, just to move details, up a couple but, wow. of spots. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> Uh, then the third pick. So you did not have a third round selection, <clears throat> but your next pick, it was in your very own draft spot. It was the four oh six. You got your franchise quarterback, or so you thought, in Andrew Luck.
1: To be honest, I was really pumped up after getting this pick. Um, I wish the draft would have happened a few months later, but. <laughs> um, I thought he was going to, like you said, be my franchise quarterback, and I was feeling pretty good about my top three players. But unfortunately, that did did not work out so well.
0: Mm -hmm. And then if we go to the fifth round, then you actually had a pretty solid pick. So you selected Chris Godwin, who was the wide receiver with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. He was the wide receiver two at the time, uh, and obviously still has been his entire career uh, with Tampa Bay
1: yeah i I still believe that Godwin has the potential to be a receiver one. I'm not sure he's ever going to get that opportunity. I think this past season we really saw him kind of almost take over for Mike Evans but now with Brady retiring, um, I felt really great about the pick but I also wasn't I didn't want to ride that ship until the end.
0: Mm-hmm. We'll eventually talk about what you did with him then. Well, in the sixth round, you actually had two selections. So to start it off with, um, at the six oh four, so you must have made a trade with Randy. Uh, you landed Rashad Penny, the running back, with Seattle.
1: Yeah, basically at this moment in time, I was in desperation mode to start filling out some of my running backs, and looking at who was left, I didn't think there was anyone that would really take over the lead back duties. And at that time, Penny was just, just drafted and people were expecting him to kind of supplant Carson as the RB one in Seattle. Yeah, exactly. Um, But that he also did not really work out too well, not (laughs) at least
0: for me, he didn't. (laughs) So you're starting running backs at this current moment where David Johnson and Rashad Penny. Man, uh, (laughs) we really started from the bottom. (laughs) Two picks later, then you had another selection, and you selected another Seahawk. It was Tyler Lockett, the wide receiver, who at the time was the wide receiver one for Seattle.
1: Yeah, and I will be honest, I was pretty low on DK, at least for the first couple of years, but I was completely wrong about that. But at this time of making this draft pick, I thought Lockett was a steal because I thought he would remain the receiver
0: one. And then you did not have a seventh-round selection, so it looks like you made a trade with Taco um, in some capacity. And then in the eighth round, you took your first IDP. Uh, Was he a Packer at the time, or was he with the Giants? No, he was a Packer at the time. Okay, so Blake Martinez, the linebacker, who is just a tackle specialist, and he was your first IDP.
1: Yeah. Um, I had never drafted or played with IDPs before, but everything that I researched it basically just said he was a tackling machine and he
0: really served me well while he was on my team. And then if we take a look at the ninth round, you had two selections. You gave yourself some running back depth. I guess we'll call it that. Uh, starting with the nine Oh seven, you took Royce Freeman who I believe was with Denver at the time. Yes. Uh, Honestly, I don't even know where he is right now. I think he was on a practice (laughs) squad. I I thought up until, like, midway through
1: last year, he was still a Denver Bronco, I Mm -hmm. think. But, yeah, I think he ended up in Carolina,
0: maybe. But Mm -hmm. I think you're correct, and he's on the practice squad now. (laughs) (laughs) And then two picks later, you took another running back. You took Lamar Miller.
1: Yeah, so... This is not a. This is not my proudest <laughs> moment as a dynasty owner. Uh, basically, all of these guys, besides a couple, are scrubs or not playing anymore. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Which really blows your mind when you think about the fact that you were able to win a championship the very next year, and you don't have a single running back to this point that had any value. I don't. Was David Johnson even decent for you? He was the definition of decent
1: he was I think he was like running back 30 or 25 maybe um the PPR points helped but he definitely did not win many games
0: (laughs) okay so then we get into the 10th round and you take another running back so you know this might have been you from the future saying hey we need to take running backs at every single opportunity because none of them are going to be good And in the 10th round, then you selected Ronald Jones from Tampa.
1: Yeah. And if I remember correctly, I jumped ship on him a little bit too soon because I don't remember what was going on, but I think at some point in the future, there were bad reports and I think I might've gotten rid of him pretty quick, but he did pretty good. Um, so at
0: least it makes me look better now. Yeah. But where you really hit gold was late in the draft. So if we take a look at some of your later picks, yes, there were a lot of scrubs like, like, look at this, Jack Doyle, Quincy Inunua, (laughs) Malcolm Brown, Chris Conley. However, you hit gold twice. um, And they're at the positions that are single, which is awesome. In the 17th round, you ended up walking away with who is now the quarterback one in dynasty, Josh Allen.
1: Yes, and I was ecstatic that he fell this far. I honestly I couldn't believe it and I almost passed, passed him up because I thought I was crazy like I thought something was wrong with him that I didn't know but man, it, he is one of the main reasons like you said that I was able to be contending now and I, I won the championship last year.
0: And then three rounds later in the 20th, you selected Darren Waller who was with the Raiders.
1: Yeah, and at that time, he, he was kind of an unknown guy. And I think it was, who's the guy on ESPN that's always doing fantasy football?
0: Oh, Matthew Barry.
1: Yes. Barry was basically on every TV show, every podcast, talking up this Waller guy. And I was like, you know what, I might as well take a flyer on him.
0: And that was really it of note for the startup draft for you. So let's get into next talking about the rookie draft that followed um, our, our mock, or I guess our startup still part of the startup, but um, you ended up uh, trading with Justin, which we'll eventually talk about. But in the first round you selected Josh Jacobs, the running back for the Raiders.
1: Yeah, so I had to give up a pretty penny to get him, but I was pretty much at that point like, oh crap, I really need a running back, and this Jacobs guy looks like a beast, he was killing it in Alabama, and I thought people were sleeping on him a little bit, so I I decided to take a shot, and I honestly, I didn't think I was going to get the pick, because it sounded like he was pretty adamant about drafting Jacobs, but he accepted and I was very, very happy.
0: Mm-hmm. And then two Oh nine, you selected Debo Samuel wide receiver for the Niners.
1: Yeah. Um, at the time I just kind of imagined he was a high energy guy and we'll talk about it later, but he's one of the players that I, I deeply miss being on my roster.
0: <laughs> and then you had two third round selections, including Hakeem Butler and Darwin Thompson.
1: And if I'm being honest, I'm not even sure where those guys are right now.
0: <laughs> and then the fourth round, you selected Bruce Anderson.
1: I don't even recall making that pick. If I'm being <laughs> honest.
0: <laughs> so outside of the first two, there are just three who are yous. I'd
1: like to blame alcohol, but that wasn't the case, unfortunately. <laughs>
0: So let's take a look at your season for uh, the first season, I should say. So you ended up with a record of 6 and 7, so one game below 500. However, you were able to still sneak into the playoffs. You snuck in as the sixth seed, and you ended up losing to Will in the first round by 12 points. Some of your core players uh, included the wide receiver four in DeAndre Hopkins. The wide receiver two in Chris Godwin. This was when him and Mike Evans were both top five wide receivers, I think. Um, Yeah, I think so. Josh Jacobs is the running back 21, so if you didn't have him, I don't even know who you would have started. (laughs) And then you had the quarterback nine in Josh Allen and the tight end three in Darren Waller for your key players. What do you recall about that season?
1: A lot of sleepless nights. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I... I remember having the realization that I am no longer an Andrew Luck fan. (laughs) Um, But if I'm being honest, it was basically like I'm just hoping to be competitive and really trying to dodge the injury bug because, as you can see, my depth was not strong at all. And I also realized that I really need to revamp my roster and maybe put a little bit more focus on – trades and players i can target to to kind of
0: supplant some of these not so good starters sure so let's start looking at some of these trades that happened from 2019 there's really three of somewhat of a note the first trade that occurred was between you and justin we previously mentioned that you did walk away with josh jacobs as the 101 let's look at those details now as the listeners know when I announce the pick, I'm just going to announce it as the player that would assume the value. Just so we can kind of discuss it in that way. So, you traded the 104 and a 2021st to Justin in exchange for the 101 and the 301. So, basically what you walked away with is Josh Jacobs and Hakeem Butler and you gave away Kyler Murray and Cam Akers what do you think about that trade now looking back?
1: Not so good. Um, I guess at the time I was kind of in desperation mode. So honestly, I, I'm not sure I would have, I wouldn't have made the trade even knowing what I know now, but I definitely wish I had Kyler and acres on my team. Mm -hmm. Um, But I guess I can't complain too much because I ended up competing the next year. So, um, definitely some sticker shock.
0: (laughs) Additionally, when you think about it, if you didn't have Josh Jacobs, uh, we wouldn't have, you don't really know who you would have had at the running back position. And obviously, you don't have Josh Jacobs now. So, clearly, that was a key piece to uh, later. If we take a look at, if you would have had the 104, I mean, the best. Running back after that would have been Miles Sanders, probably.
1: Which isn't saying much.
0: Yeah. I mean, you could kind of view him and Josh Jacobs a little bit in the same lens. Maybe Josh Jacobs is a tear up, but yeah, yeah, you're right. They're not, neither one of them is really franchise changers at this point.
1: Exactly. And I did have Josh Allen, so
0: yeah. it's easy to pass on Kyler now. The second trade of note became between you and Andy. You traded away Damian Williams, who's one of those running backs you had. think he was in chicago at the time uh and robbie anderson and you walked away with oh i apologize you traded away tyler lockett and royce freeman and then you walked away with robbie anderson and damian williams so you did get another running back there what do you think about this trade
1: yeah um i think at this time damian williams was still a chief Mm. and there were talks that he was going to become the guy because If I remember correctly, I I think this was before CEH and Damian had finished the season.
0: Yeah, okay. I think Kareem Hunt was still there for like one or two years.
1: Yeah, and I think there were talks that it would be like a 1A, 1B situation. And honestly, I've I've always thought that Robbie was kind of slept on as a receiver, Mm -hmm. but um, giving up Lockett now is – I guess I might have sold –
0: low on him if i'm being honest and then the third trade of note Damian williams you grabbed him and traded him away to taco it was Damian williams and john brown and you walked away with james connor who was a decent piece but at the time when you got him uh injured and a third which ended up being chase claypool
1: yeah um so the james connor trade i thought that was a slam dunk and I think everybody, if I remember correctly, I think people in the chat were upset because they didn't think Connor would play again mm. or something. Yeah. Um, but I, I didn't believe any of that. And he, if I remember correctly, I think he played a pretty big piece in my next season. Mm.
0: So those are really the only three trades. Obviously in the first season, we didn't see much trading in general, Uh, But then the second season is where we really saw it explode, and especially with your team. So before (laughs) we even get into that, let's start talking about the 2020 rookie draft. You had five picks in total, starting with the 103, which you walked away with, J.K. Dobbins.
1: Yeah, and at the time, um, again, my focus was still on running backs and young running backs. It just seems like they – At that time, it was like the home run pick. You know, this was before Jefferson and Chase blew up the league, but um, I felt really good about J.K. Dobbins and what he was going to do in Baltimore.
0: Sure. And, you know, right around that pick, the only running back after that, or there's two, I guess, of note would be DeAndre Swift next and then eventually Justin taking Cam Akers. You could have walked away with C.D. Lamb or Justin Jefferson, but, Jacob Dobbins was a valuable piece and, you know, he was the front and center running back for the Ravens. The next pick was the 201 and that was Henry Ruggs.
1: Man. um, I wish he was a a better driver and receiver. (laughs) Um, Too soon, maybe. But um, I thought that I had played that perfectly. I honestly, I, I think I traded for that pick. And I had my eyes on Ruggs. I thought he was going to be the receiver one. I thought people were sleeping on him and obviously that didn't manifest in any form. Um, But at the time I was feeling really good.
0: The next pick was the 204 in which you selected the Jacksonville Jaguars wide receiver, LaVisca Chenault.
1: Yeah. And this was another guy who he definitely passed the eye test he looked like he was going to be the next dominant receiver. And I still think that he's going to be like maybe a top 20 receiver. Um, I think you kind of have to scrub these first few seasons. But um, again, I thought I, I I thought I crushed this draft and um, unfortunately it hasn't worked
0: out yet. The next pick was the 207 when you selected Brian Edwards, another Raiders wide receiver.
1: Yeah, Uh, I guess one lesson I learned is don't draft any players on John Gruden's team. Um, (laughs) I think, again, Brian has the potential to get there, but he has not shown much in the first couple of
0: seasons. And then you started a trend at the 311 with the first veteran taken in our rookie drafts. So the 311 you selected Hayden Hurst tight end of who was that at the time?
1: I think he was it, I think he was in Atlanta. That was his first season in Atlanta. Um yeah, and I got a lot of blowback for this pick and I didn't really understand why because I understand he's not a rookie but it seemed like a slam dunk. Um and it ended up paying off later on.
0: So let's take a look at the season. For season two, this is obviously your brightest spot in our league thus far. Um, you ended with a record of 10 and 3, so very good record. You got the number one seed, uh, and you won the championship. So this started by first of all, you obviously got a bye. You beat uh, Danny Slagke in the semifinals by 69 nice.64 points, and then you beat Cascade Bear by 56.8 points in the finals so neither game was really close and it really came down to who some of your core players were and you had a lot of them including josh allen who was the quarterback one you had josh jacobs i don't know about the whole did you have him the whole year i don't know i believe i did okay so running back eight chris carson was the running back 19 uh to be actually you did you at least had him for well with him you had him the whole year because when i look at the rankings. I just look at who was on your roster in the very last game of the season. So you did have them okay. the whole year. Um, Then you had running back nineteen, Chris Carson. Running back twenty one was David Johnson, and running back twenty three was J.K. Dobbins. So that's four running back twos. Oh, actually, one running back one and three running back twos right there. At the wide receiver, um, due to a future trade, you got the wide receiver two and Tyreek Hill, and you had the wide receiver fourteen. In Keenan Allen looking at tight ends you had two of note starting first with Darren Waller who was the tight end two and then previously mentioned tight end nine Hayden Hurst so what are your biggest memories from this championship season
1: it was definitely a roller coaster ride um, I started to feel like I was getting a hang of how the dynasty league operates in the rookie draft and Uh, Honestly, I felt really confident, and that confidence kind of blossomed into, okay, let's just start making moves, and um, I got really lucky, too. Um, But this roster, it was kind of hit or miss, but when they hit, they were pretty much unstoppable, and I think that's what happened in those playoff games. I think Tyreek went off and Waller was going off. I think at that time too, Dobbins and Keenan were also kind of hitting their streaks and it just all came together at one time. And I think I also dodged the injury bug pretty well. Sure.
0: So let's take a look at some of those trades that highlighted the 2020 season. And there was a lot of them. So in total you had uh, just ones that are highlighted. So this doesn't necessarily uh, highlight every single trade, but the ones of note, there were 11 starting off. With a trade you made with Will, and you sent away Chris Godwin, you walked away with Juju Smith-Schuster and the one ten, which ended up being Jerry Judy. What do you think?
1: Yeah. Um, so throughout the 2020 season, I was I was spending a lot more time reading articles about dynasty leagues and strategies, and and the main one that I kept coming across was sell high, buy low, and. That was a prime example. Um, Chris Godwin crushed it, but I think he ended up kind of injured or not so great down the season. And we weren't sure what was going on with the quarterback situation. So I figured, you know what, Juju kind of had a medium season. So let's see what I can get. And I was really happy with this trade at the time.
0: The next trade was... With Sladkey. Slatke, uh, you traded away Robbie Anderson, who I know that you said people were, like, sleeping on him, and you walked away with D. D. Westbrook.
1: Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I was still a big Robbie Anderson fan, but D. D. just had, like, a big PPR season, and I thought he was going to be a PPR monster for years to come. And it just so happened that Robbie ended up, like, blowing up the next season. And D D I I think he played like three games and then he was not active or something like that. And now he I think he's like a fourth stringer somewhere.
0: Mm. So the next trade was with you and Cascade Bear. Cascade Bear walked away with Debo Samuel and then you walked away with two seconds, which was basically Henry Ruggs and come on, Mouse. LaVisca Chenault, who you did both you drafted both of them.
1: Yeah, so, again, this was a buy low moment. Uh, I think, was this with Will Fuller, too, or is my – no, no yeah. it's just a second.
0: Okay. Yeah, two, two yep. seconds kind of and up. Debo. that was it. Yeah, so,
1: I really regret this trade now. <laughs> <laughs> um, Debo is just a monster, and he had a good season, but I did not think that he was going to be able to keep it up. So, again, sell high. Yeah. Um, At the time, I was kind of, I think I was gearing up for the rookie draft, and my picks were pretty depleted from the 2020 season. So I was feeling some pressure there.
0: Sure. The next deal was between myself and you. So I walked away with DeAndre Hopkins, your former first-round pick, and the 201, which was Henry Ruggs. You walked away with Keenan Allen, the 103, which ended up being J.K. Dobbins, and the 208, which ended up being A.J. Dillon.
1: Yeah. So Keenan was a huge part of that championship team and I have no regrets with that trade. He, he served me really well. And I think I ended up flipping him later on too.
0: The next deal was between you and little slads. Uh, you were, you seemed to be very high on Jalen Hurd from the 49ers cause you sent away the 208, which ended up being AJ Dillon.
1: Yeah, that, uh, That's going to keep me up at night a little bit, but (laughs) the reports I heard were that he was going to be like the next Kittle, but he can also play running back, that he was just a monster. Um, Basically what Debo ended up becoming. Um, And so I was like, you know what? I want to jump on the train before it takes off. And unfortunately it crashed into the wall before it got going
0: and then the next deal was between you and Justin. So Justin walks away with my first, which the value was Devontae Smith. You walked away with Will Fuller, a second, which ended up being the value of Justin Fields, and then a 2022 second.
1: Yeah, so. Will Fuller played another pretty good role. I don't think he finished the season. I think he ended up getting suspended Mm. um, in that 2020 season, but he definitely uh, came through and got me a lot of those wins. Um, So it's hard to regret that, but I definitely didn't consider
0: the upside of those picks at that time. And then you and I did an IDP swap. You walked away with TJ Watt and I walked away with Blake Martinez.
1: Yeah, um, I think I struck gold here. Um, I know he has a questionable history, and that's definitely not okay. But in terms of football, he's a sack machine. Um, and he was definitely a big part of my team this year.
0: And then the next deal was between you and Lefty. So you walked away with Melvin Gordon, and Lefty walked away with LaVisca Chenault and a second-round pick.
1: Yeah, Um I felt really good about this trade. Um, LaVisca did not show much of anything. And I don't know, are these in chronological order or are they just kind of? Yeah, they were in order. Okay. So at this time I was kind of gearing up for the playoffs and I was still kind of thin at the running back. So I, I thought this was a slam dunk.
0: And then the next deal was between yourself and I. I walked away with Melvin Gordon. So you sent them over to me. You walked away with Jamison Crowder, a third, which was Larry Roundtree, and a second. <laughs> um,
1: yeah, so basically what happened to the Bucks when uh, they made the trade for Ibaka, I traded for a running back, and then a couple of my receivers were not performing or were injured. And so I was like, oh, well, now I need receiver depth. And Gordon, I think, just had a couple of good games, so I wanted to go out and get someone a little more consistent.
0: And then the next deal was the big one. It was the shocker on the day of the deadline. You made the deal with Little Slads. Uh, Little Slads walked away with Juju, a first, which ended up being Trey Lance, a second, which ended up being Justin Fields, and then another second, which ended up being Rondell Moore. You walked away with Tyreek Hill, a third, which ended up being Sage Surratt, and then another third. Yeah,
1: so the whole season I was competitive and I don't remember who the, the top teams were. I'm guessing cascade and, uh, Justin were up there. Um, Randy too. And I, I was like, you know what? I'm all in. Uh, my team's doing really well, but I just need one superstar. And it was so much back and forth. And I'll be honest, I did no work that day. <laughs> <laughs> um, and yeah, I was, I was worried that was going to be a huge mistake, but it definitely paid off in the best of ways.
0: And that definitely rode you to the title. So let's take a look now at the 2021 rookie draft. You didn't really have any high picks. You had a total of eight. <clears throat> um, they're all on your roster, I believe, right now. So it'll just be remain to be seen or maybe you cut a couple. It will remain to be seen how many of these guys uh, you keep. So, starting at the 3.03, you had Sage Surratt. He was the wide receiver from Wake Forest. I'm just going to go round by round because, uh, no offense, but a lot of these guys don't deserve, like, a lot of time to talk about. (laughs) Offense. No, I'm just (laughs) kidding. Go ahead. (laughs) So, 3.03 was Sage Surratt. Um, I don't even know who drafted him. Do you remember? So, (laughs) I should just let you go by and not mention this,
1: but... I was in the middle of having dinner hmm. and my pick came up and I picked him over St. Brown of the Lions. <laughs> um, so both were uh, uh, drafted by the Lions. Sage at the time had a little bit bigger profile.
0: And then the 308 was Larry Roundtree, who is one of the Chargers running backs.
1: Um, yeah, handcuff, hopeful
0: but not much to look at so far. In the fourth round, you had two picks. The 403 was Jared Doakes, and then the 404 was Javian Hawkins.
1: <clears throat> um, yeah, I actually felt really good about both of these guys. I thought one of them would be a sleeper, but both of them kind of busted out so far.
0: And then in the fifth round, you had three picks. The 501 was Kellen Mond, 506 was Jared Patterson, and then the 508 was Puka Williams.
1: Yeah, I think these are two of my better picks in the draft. Um, I still think Mond is has the potential to develop and maybe even be the starter in Minnesota, depending on what they do with Kirk. Um, and Patterson, small guy, but he racked up crazy stats in Buffalo. So I thought maybe in Washington he could take over, but more just hopefuls. And Puka, I don't even know if he's in the NFL.
0: <laughs> I think he's a special teams guy with the Bengals.
1: Okay, but Puka, can't really go wrong with a name like Puka.
0: Yep. The sixth round, then, you took Quinton Morris.
1: I'll be honest, I don't even know who that is. <laughs> <laughs> All
0: right, so clearly none of those guys were franchise-altering picks. However, you had an incredible season. Our season moved from 13 great games to 14. Uh, you did not lose a game in the regular season, ending 14-0. and you got the number one overall seed. You beat Andy by 12.8 or 12.08 in the semis, but then you lost the Cascade. He got his revenge by 30.26 in the finals. Some of your core players were quarterback one, again, Josh Allen. Running backs, you had the running back two in Austin Eckler and running back four in Joe Mixon. Wide receivers, you had the wide receiver six in Tyreek Hill and the wide receiver, 12, and Mike Williams, and then the RB slash wide receiver, Cordero Patterson, who finished as the running back, 9. What did you think about this season as you attempted to defend your title?
1: Man, I could not have asked for a better regular season. Um, We're about 10 games in, and I thought for sure it was going to be some crazy bullshit that I, like, lose every last game, and I miss the playoffs somehow. Um, but I, every lucky break I needed, either with injuries, COVID, or a player popping off in the last part of the Sunday or on Monday, I, I hit every single one of them. And I'll be honest, I was feeling really good going into the playoffs. Um, but all of my luck seemed to just – drain away (laughs) um Patterson forgot how to play football um Tyreek he I think he ended up on the COVID list like two weeks before but then he wasn't really playing like himself um Mixon was banged up Eckler was banged up I think Mike might have even been banged up um and all of a sudden I had no depth um and if I'm being honest I thought for sure I was going to lose to Andy Um, but I thought maybe I could muster a little bit of luck and then I got 30 (laughs) bald. So I, it was a really exciting season and I thought I was going to repeat. Um, but unfortunately my luck just came up a little short.
0: So let's take a look at some of your trades from the 2021 season. So it is highlighted by eight specifically. The first trade was another big one between you and Little Slads. Little Slads walked away with Chris Carson, Hayden Hurst, and Josh Jacobs. You walked away with Austin Eckler, Robert Woods, a fourth, which ended up being Jared Doakes, a second, which ended up being Justin Fields, and another second, which ended up being Kadarius Tony.
1: Yeah, um, this is probably one of my favorite trades that I made um really really high on Eckler and Woods and I'm still to this day I'm not super high on Jacobs long term but um the Hearst trade paid off hugely here and Eckler and Woods both played a really big role in being competitive last year
0: and Carson didn't even play
1: correct and if I'm being honest I think his season is over, or his career is probably over hmm. um I think if he could have played he would have already been back
0: the next deal was between you and Prince Palmer uh Prince Palmer walked away with a second which ended up being Kadarius Tony you walked away with Zach Ertz a third which was Dwayne Eskridge and a fifth which was Jarrett Patterson
1: um yeah at this time, it was close to the trade deadline, I think, or it was no, right before the draft or, actually. Right before the draft. Okay, so Earth or, or Tighten was kind of a place of strength for me at that time with Waller, and I think I had one more guy that was doing okay. But um, I wanted to boost my rookie picks, and I wanted to sell high on Earths.
0: The next deal was between you and I. I walked away with the 207, which was Justin Fields. I feel like we've mentioned that pick a lot, so that pick <laughs> has definitely been on the move a lot. And you walked away yeah. with Miles Gaskin, a fifth, which was Puka Williams, and a sixth, which was Quentin Morris.
1: Yeah, and this was another trade that my it seemed like my luck started to show itself. Um, and Gaskin, I saw the potential, and he had done fairly well, but... He seemed to disappear once I had him.
0: The next deal then was between you and Lefty, and he walked away with Will Fuller. You walked away with Michael Gallup and a fifth.
1: Yeah, and I think I definitely got the better end of this trade. Um, Gallup was doing really well this year before getting injured, and he's a free agent now, so my hopes are very high. And Fuller barely played this year, and he's stuck in Miami.
0: Next deal. He might be a free agent now too. Who? Fuller? Yeah. Yeah, He's a free agent. Okay. The next deal was you and cascade bear. He walked away with Jamal Williams and a fourth. You walked away with Mike Williams and a fifth.
1: Yeah. Um, I know the league was not too happy about this trade. (laughs) Um, and at the time we did not know Mike was going to blow up the way he did the first few weeks. Um, Otherwise, I'm sure Cascade wouldn't have made this trade, but um, this was a huge reason why I was able to go undefeated. Mike had a a really great season.
0: Then the next deal was between you and Cascade. Again, he walks away with Keenan Allen, Henry Ruggs, and a second, you walked away with Joe Mixon and a third.
1: Yeah, I definitely got lucky here, and uh, it's almost like my future self was telling me something. Um, But Keenan Allen had just had a really great season and he was doing well currently too. But I was looking at my roster and I had a lot of good receivers and I was like, you know what? I want to sell high because Keenan's kind of up there in age and let's see what I can get. And somehow Mixon fell into my lap.
0: And then after that, we had a trade with you and me. I walked away with JK Dobbins, Tyson Williams, Two firsts and a fourth. You walked away with Saquon in a second.
1: Yeah. Um, you probably ended up getting the better end of that deal based on how the season went um, with Barkley kind of being injured. And I think he was one of the players that missed the playoffs. Um, but at the time, I was thinking Saquon's pretty young. Um, if he can just. Help me a little bit more because Davins I think had already injured himself if I'm yeah. yeah. So he was done for the season and I didn't want to, I was competing and I, I think I had a perfect season going already. So I was
0: all in. And then the final deal was between you and lefty where you walked away with Cordero Patterson. He walks away with miles Gaskin in a fifth.
1: Yeah. Um, so I, I'm not really sure if he was aware of what was going on, (laughs) Um, but Patterson was crushing it and he had had a couple of weeks, either injury or where he just didn't show up and Gaskin, I think the week before blew up for like 20 plus points and just threw a flyer out there and he was interested and I was like, okay, well, let's make this happen. And, of course, he busted out the rest of the season, but at the time, I was feeling really, really good about it.
0: So that's it for your trades. That's it for your seasons and your drafts. Let's take a look at your depth chart. So we're going to go position by position. You can just kind of state your overall thoughts on the depth of your position. You know, maybe you need to add a piece or two here. Um, and then we'll wrap this up after we talk about the state of your franchise. So. We take a look at your quarterbacks. We begin with your starting quarterback is Josh Allen. Behind him, you have Matt Ryan with the Falcons, Kellen Mond with the Vikings, and then Jake Fromm, I believe, is a free agent.
1: Yeah. um, Fromm was uh, a backup with the Giants, um, but I'm not sure what he's doing now. Honestly, besides Allen, I don't really feel great. Um, hopefully, I don't think it's going to happen, but hopefully Matt Ryan has a Matthew Stafford kind of year or two years ahead of him. Um, but this is definitely a a spot where I'm going to try and grab some depth. Mm -hmm.
0: If we look at the running backs then at the top, recently acquired, since we obviously haven't wrapped up the 2022 season, this would be on, you know, next season's recap. But at the top of your depth chart is Christian McCaffrey. Then we have Austin Eckler, Joe Mixon, and then afterwards we got Larry Roundtree, Devontae Freeman, Latavius Murray, Jeff Wilson, Caleb Huntley, Derek Gore, and Jared Dokes.
1: Yeah, I mean those first three guys really uh, get me excited. And I may have to excuse myself in the middle of this meeting, but uh, I'll try and hold off until later. Um, yeah, I the thought of having CMC on my roster with Eckler and Mixon, that's awesome. Uh, I, I have no complaints. I don't really have any concerns. As long as, as long as CMC can come back, and even if he is half of what he was before, I think I'm going to have come out on top of that trade.
0: Do you like any of the other pieces outside those top three?
1: I I mean, Jeff Wilson, he's one of those guys that I feel like he has a lot of potential. He just can't seem to catch a good break. Um, Devontae had a pretty good season, even though he's like 60 years old. Um, Roundtree... I know the Chargers want a more smash-mouth running back. And I know he didn't do anything this past year, but neither did any of the other backups. Um, so I'm hoping that maybe he could be like a 1B or 2A kind of player. Um, besides that, no, I, I don't really have a lot of hope for the rest of uh, of my bench.
0: Sure. If we take a look at your wide receivers then, at the top it is Tyreek Hill, followed by... Robert Woods, Brandon Cooks, Michael Gallup, Donovan Peoples-Jones, Jamison Crowder, Byron Pringle, Zay Jones, Isaiah McKenzie, Paris Campbell, Antoine Wesley, and Deontay Harris. So backtracking here, I know I didn't really mention it from the last one, but your running backs, a lot of them are free agents. If you look at the wideouts, your free agents are Deontay Harris, Isaiah McKenzie, I think Zay Jones is as well, and Pringle. Um, I think Crowder is a free agent, um, and but then and in Gallup as well. But the rest of them are are in decent roles. Michael Gallup obviously just tore his ACL, so yes, kind of to be determined what happens with him. Uh, what do you think about the state of your wide receivers?
1: Yeah, so my thought process on this was that i'm going to go really top heavy at running back because statistically the top five outperform the next like 30 running backs um but with receivers it's always kind of hit or miss and um my top three i feel pretty good about about them i think reek still has a couple years left cooks has been nothing but solid and i think i was concerned with Odell Beckham Jr. having such a big role in LA, but now with his injury, I think it was a torn ACL or MCL. Um, I don't expect him to be ready at the start and probably not fully healthy until maybe October. Um, So I think Woods can reestablish himself if OBJ is even back in the picture. but I think I have a lot of young guys that could end up in really good situations and obviously they could end up in terrible situations and end up being nothing, but um, I'm really high on Gallup, Peoples, Jones, and Pringle. Um, Pringle, I think is going to be a huge sleeper for this upcoming year. Um, And I don't even know who is a receiver in Cleveland right now. I think they have Landry, but. I don't know why they paid 20 million for Landry.
0: If we look at the tight ends, then you have Darren Waller with the Raiders, Gerald Everett. I don't know if he's a free agent. If not, he's with Seattle. And then Kylan Granson with the Colts. What do you think about those?
1: Um, yeah. Waller had a down season, and I know he's turning I think he's turning twenty-nine or thirty, so that's not great. But he also hasn't really been used besides the last two years. So I'm hoping that results in him having a few more really solid years left. Everett, I I think you're correct. I think it was a one-year deal. Um, but he was starting to produce pretty well for Seattle. So I would be surprised if they let him go. Um, and Granson, he had a, like, I guess not a lot, but he had a little bit of hype um, coming out of the draft. I think he is in Indianapolis, Um, and maybe he could develop into something. Uh, The Colts have been pretty good about taking nobodies and turning them into pretty big names or mild names, I should say.
0: And then their kicker right now is Nick Folk with the Patriots. He was questionable like every single week before a game. (laughs) But he was, I think he was a top five kicker for you.
1: Yeah, I I think he might have been close to the number one kicker this past year. And honestly, last year, if I'm being completely honest, I forgot about the kicking position. (laughs) I I think I dropped whoever I had, and then there's just nobody. And I was like, okay, I need a kicker. Let me just grab this guy. And the first few weeks, I was like, oh, my gosh, my kicker is already injured. (laughs) Um, But – Pretty soon, I was like, I don't even care. They can say he's on the IR, and until I see him not play, I, I'm not going to believe it. So that that paid off a lot.
0: Your IDPs of note, then, would be TJ Watt, you have Miles Garrett, and Brian Burns, uh, followed by Gregory Rousseau, Xavier Howard, Kyle Van Noy, Jalen Thompson, and Odafe Owe, which I think he changed his name. I think he used to be Jason Owe.
1: Yeah, I think you're correct. Um, and good job on the name pronunciation on that one. I thought for sure I was gonna get a blooper out of this, but that's alright. <laughs> um, yeah, I think this is another really strong part of my roster. Um, at one, I think Miles Garrett was cut from his, from um, Will's team after the Mason Rudolph accident, if I remember correctly. Um, so I picked him up for like scraps. And Brian Burns, is he's just getting better and better. And then I have a ton of depth. Um, Gregory, he was drafted uh, as a defensive end for the Buffalo Bills. And he didn't really do a lot this year, but he, when he was on the field, he was pretty dominant. Xavier Howard, I think he had a down year, and he was still a top cornerback. And then Jalen Thompson and away i think they are two really young guys who could turn into some really solid pieces
0: yeah for sure and then also if we take a look at some of your picks then for 2022 it looks like right now you have three of them two thirds and a fifth 2023 you have two seconds two thirds 2024 you have all your six normal picks um and that's really it so um if we're taking a look at your team right now, how would you describe your team? What do you think is your current mindset? And then also, what is, it, what is some of your off-season kind of planning or goals as it relates to your team? Um, yeah, good
1: questions. As of now, I, I'm feeling pretty good about my team. Um, but one thing that I've learned from Dynasty is that if you start to feel good about your team and you stop paying attention, that's when – your quarterback retires and your second string running back retires. And all of a sudden you have no team. So, um, I think there's always opportunities to, uh, especially buy low, sell high. Um, I think about these guys like their investments. So as soon as I feel like I've hit my, the most profit I can make on one of these guys, then I'm always looking to sell. Mm -hmm. Um, as for the draft picks and what I'm hoping to accomplish, I feel like one big area is running back depth. I feel like every team is probably thinking and feeling the same thing because it's just so tough to predict. Mm -hmm. Um, so I would love to make more uh, trades. Um, a couple of these guys or a handful. haven't even played a snap on my roster, but, um, I'm definitely not shy about exploring offers and, uh, if there's someone on this list you think is uh, low, go ahead and send me an offer or reach out because I'm more than willing to uh, discuss
0: for sure. So it'll be interesting to see kind of how you approach the rest of this off season, especially after that big trade that you made uh, with the slack key that, you know, is probably one of our bigger ones when it, you look at the top heaviness of the trade. So uh, thanks for joining Stirk. Do you have any final thoughts?
1: Uh, nope. Uh, just, uh, like I said, I really appreciate all the work you do to put all this material together. And I have been in a lot of leagues and this is definitely the most involved commissioner and the more exciting leagues that I've been a part of. So thank you for all the work you do and can't wait for football to be back.
0: Absolutely. Good thing that the draft combine is this week. So we'll actually yes. get to follow decently.
1: Yes, absolutely.
0: And baseball is not going to be, coming anytime soon so that means more football no (laughs) yes there you go (laughs) that is all we have on this team profile for the Stirk daddy thank you to all of you that are listening on next week's episode we bring in our reigning champion and Stirk's rival the cascade bear thanks for listening everybody